0: Log Talk Radio. Hello.
1: I was going on and on doing the show, and it was on mute the whole time. So I'm just going to start over. (laughs) Thank you, listeners, for calling. You have reached the Voices of the Cannabis Wars radio show, where we put focus on uh, trying to get the voices heard that you can't hear in everyday life about our cannabis prisoners because they're locked away. So this radio show is to put focus on the people that are in prison and to show how they're being treated, what they're living like, and why are they in jail for a plant. Um, today's show um, is a really cool show. I think it's called "What About the Children." So we've got some amazing, amazing guests lined up. But first, before we talk about the guests, I want to let you guys know: uh, Eugene Fisher, who served 25 years of a life sentence and got himself freed, is the other host of this show, along along with me, Kristen Floor. Um, my father died in federal custody, shackled to a bed because of a plant. Like. You never hurt anybody. So um, that's us. And then we also have Mindy Griffith, who is a prison outreach expert. Um, she she knows all the ins and outs and does a lot of communication with our, directly with our prisoners, and she produces the show. She'll be on a little later uh, with a little uh, Mindy update. And we've also got uh, other volunteers that help with the show, like Becca Nichols, who screens calls every couple weeks, and CCHI Radio, who donated this time for us to be able to get together and talk about it on their their network, their platform. So if you're in California, check into the CCHI bill. Apparently, it's going to be able to help release prisoners. And so that's what we're all about here today. So today's show is going to be really, really a good show because you're going to hear from the children. It's called What About the Children? Okay, so what about the children? That's what we want to find out. Um, Eugene and I, throughout the show, we're going to give you little bits and pieces about, about our sides of it, but first we're going to hear from a girl. Her name is Jasmine Spermazo. Jasmine is 13 years old, and her dad has been locked away in prison for over eight years. Okay? Her dad and his partner, uh, Ricardo, they went to, um, started a dispensary down in Southern California, and the... Um, the federal government didn't like it and it's one of their raids on 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 in them day and they took they took both of them and sentenced them to 20 and 22 year sentences uh, since then his daughter is fighting for her dad. He wants she wants her dad home so we're gonna talk to her and then after her we're gonna have Craig Cecil call in and we're gonna ask Craig what about the children and if you've listened to some of our past shows you know that um, Craig one of Craig's sons passed away while he's been in prison and so we might touch on that. We might touch on whatever Craig wants to talk about. It's his 15 minutes. Um, he risked going on lockdown to call into the show. So that's going to be at about 930. And about 945, we are going to have George Monterano. Okay, George Monterano is more than a hero. I can't even explain who he is. He is just so great. He spent 33 years in prison for our plant. He just recently got released. But while he was in prison, he's a big inspiration to other prisoners. He wrote books. He's, now he's a big inspiration to us. So, we're going to hear from him for about 15 minutes on Georgie's Corner, and we're going to ask him, What about the children? You know, and he had children who went 33 years without their dad that he's just recently been able to be united with. So, um, that's going to be a, hap- a happy ending to a, a really crucial subject. And then, we're going to hear from Rick DeLisi. So, you guys, Rick DeLisi's uh, father's name is Richard. Um, my father's name is Richard too, but Rick DeLisi's um, father's name is Richard. And Richard, 28 years ago, you know, he put his whole his whole future on the line and imported our plant into our country for us because you know back then it was really hard for us to grow our own plant because the feds would come through and um, kill you, like they did uh, Stacy Tice's uncle Gary Shepard. So. You know, uh, Richard risked it all, and he lost. He got sent for 3 33 year sent- three 30-year sentences for our plant, okay? And his sentencing and his trial, it was just crazy, 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 crazy. But his son is going to answer the question, what about the children? His son's been without his dad for 28 years now. And we're going to find out how he's trying to help his dad. He has a petition also. So we've got some great, great guests lined up. Um, for our listeners, we want to introduce you to Eugene Fisher, who is, like, personally one of my heroes. I work with Eugene on a regular basis, and he's a big inspiration to our movement. Good morning, Eugene.
2: Hey, good morning, Christian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's so nice. It's so great to be free. And I'm thinking, as you're telling me and, and you're introducing things, I'm thinking about the blessings I have, like yourself and Mindy and so many people that have that are in my life, and just the fact that uh, it's four years of freedom, and uh, you know, yeah, it's it's great, it's wonderful, and um, it's a blessing. And I, I just wanted to mention, uh, Christian, for the listeners, um, George is going to talk about uh, the pro- a program he started for for people in while they were incarcer while he was incarcerated. To help uh, fathers cope with the um, fact that they're separated from their children. So uh, he'll give us a little insight into that. You know, Kristen, we did a lot of things while we were in prison, a lot of programs, positive programs. Uh, we were blessed. People like George and myself were able to help train and teach and so on. And at one time, I was the only one teaching, only prisoner teaching classes in federal prison <laughs> They they get they let me teach classes i guess they figured i could do something to help oh, others
0: wow. really? yeah
2: and so yeah it's it's an interesting topic later on I, i'll talk a little bit about my own my own experience with with my own kids
1: okay well you got uh, our first guest, guest on the line. Um, I'm curious, though, Eugene. When, how old were your children when you went to prison?
2: I had three adult children. They were in college, and I had a ten-year-old, and um, it was very traumatic with the ten-year-old. Uh, and as with all kids that age, when they lose their father, he—I'll never forget Christian—the uh, first visit he had with me and prison he he grabbed onto my legs and he didn't want to let go when he was uh, when the visitation was over and uh, you know the separation is is really traumatic it's traumatic for the parent of course it was traumatic for me but uh, I think of my child at that time the the adult my adult kids were able to better adapt to it uh, Although my daughter had a, a very di- difficult time at first, and um, almost, you get, almost got killed in an accident in my first couple of months in, in incarceration, and um, they didn't even tell me about it. So wow. yeah, it's it's um, you know it, it, our theme always Christian is, is as you put it so well, and as we say over and over, it's not just the the. Uh, a man or woman who goes to prison, it's the children, it's the families that are also incarcerated. You know, you experienced that with your father.
1: Well, yes, and my thing is when they took my dad, when they took my dad, I was an adult. And I had a, I mean, I'm still having a miserable time with it. And so I got to get raised, my dad raised me. I just couldn't imagine being a child in life without him. In fact, Eugene, we have Jasmine on the line right now. She's a 13-year-old girl, and her dad has been incarcerated for eight years, and he was sentenced to 22, like, so that means her whole childhood, if we don't get him free, she could go without her dad, her whole childhood. He, she's sent, he's sentenced to go without his daughter for 22 years, so I'm going to bring her on the line because she wants her dad out. She wants her dad home, and she's doing everything she can to get him there, and let's let's find out. Let's find out, Jasmine. Good morning, Jasmine. This is hi. Good morning. Hi, hi. Um, This is Eugene Fisher and Kristen Floor. Um,
0: Hi, Jasmine. How are you?
3: Good. How are you?
4: Good. It's good to hear your voice and have you
2: on the radio.
3: Thank you. It's good to be here. (laughs) So,
2: Jasmine,
1: your your dad. After my dad died, I ran into a man who was friends with your dad. His his name is McJ and. He was going to a market. I was going to. He said, "Well, what about my friend Luke and Ricardo?" And I said, "Well, what about them?" And he told me their stories, and I just it touched me so much that there's somebody spending. I, what I understand, he's the first person who's been sitting to the longest amount of time for uh, in medical the medical cannabis. Yeah, um, what was that like when you were a young child, and you know, it seemed to be legal at that time for them to be trying to put him in prison?
3: Well, when he was out and he was running the canvas, it was good. like, I mean, I don't really remember being in that environment too much. Like, usually I just got the Barbie cars. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But that period of time was good. Like, my dad, he he was out, he was free. Like, we always used to have, like, daddy and daughter days together and stuff. But then... Mm -hmm. Like,
0: he got
1: incarcerated. He got incarcerated. And that so, was... That, that was not Jasmine, you know, uh,
2: one thing I'm going to say to you, I, I had um, uh, I had a young son when I was incarcerated, and um, the love has, you know, the love, your love of your father and his love of you can still be expressed, and it, it'll ca- help carry him in his prison sentence. And, you know, he he, he loves you. And he's going to always, no matter what happens, he'll always love you. And remember that. Don't ever forget well, that. Okay? Okay.
1: <laughs> Jasmine, your dad is like a hero to us. Like, we look up to your dad for the sacrifices that he's been forced to have to make for us. Um, and one of the things that we look up to him for is because he went to trial. And it is trial, you know, that's really risky to go to trial. But by going to trial, yeah, it's hard. like it's my for everyone and so we're really grateful for his sacrifices um so i saw a petition on facebook and i saw a letter um that you wrote to president obama you and also um ricardo's daughter nina
3: um, nina montez yeah
1: us, nina montez yeah do you want to tell us a little bit of, about the letter and what you want president obama um to why you want president obama to grant clemency to your father
3: um, well, I write him letters, like, every week, so he can read them, and I just want to let him know that my dad's sentence is, my dad's sentence is unjust, and he would not be prosecuted today, um, because the laws are changed, and my dad would be free if he would get prosecuted today, and I just want to let him know that it's not right.
1: That's amazing. So, this, this is all found in a petition, it's, it's, um, wwwchangeorg Barack yeah. Obama, um, you can type in if anybody listening you could type in um Luke and Ricardo Scamazo um Luke, Luke Luke Scamazo change.org petition and you'll see a video there um about their dad Nina and Jasmine um did so you can view that video and then you can sign the petition um, how many signatures have you guys are are you guys trying to get on this petition?
3: We're trying to get thousands and thousands. Like our goal, our our goal, top goal would be a, mil, a million. Like we're trying to get as much as <laughs> possible.
1: A million. Okay. So so far, you guys have. I'm looking at the petition right now. There is 650 50 people that have signed it. So
3: yeah, if you are we're to we're yourself, our goal is probably like a hundred thousand or something of that. Like in the thousands.
1: <laughs> i think we're going to do it i'm going to help yeah. you i'm going to share it on my wall actually right now um if you're listening to this show you could go right there and share it immediately or go to my facebook wall and share it um so as i'm going through it there's a few things that that get me um here it's like it says what you need to understand is that um Luke and Ricardo um, were running were medical marijuana dispensaries, um, and they were charged with a CCE. I'm not quite sure what that is, but it doesn't sound like he deserves to be in prison for 22 years for that. Um, yeah. And it also says that you can email for Luke and Ricardo to receive a letter draft with instructions. So you can sign a letter and mail it to the president as well.
3: Yes, you can. Cool.
1: Cool. cool. So, what? What year is your dad scheduled to get out of prison? Um, twenty, um, twenty
3: thirty, I think it is. Um, I think he has just about ten years left.
1: Ten years left. Yeah, has just about ten years yeah. left. So, like, what if if your dad if your dad got out? In 10 years from now, you'll be an adult.
3: Yes, I would be an adult. He'd miss all my childhood.
1: That's not fair. I don't think that you should have to go without your father for a planet. Yeah. So, um, Jasmine, um, I'm looking at some some things here that people wrote about your petition and some one one said that it's unrealistic, pathetic, and sad. That murderers can do less time than someone who simply sold cannabis legally. What sort of world do we live in? What kind of justice do we deserve if our own America portrays and abuses our rights and chooses to justify crimes or charges unfairly? I say free Luke and, Ric- and Richie. Um, is, is Richie Ricardo's nickname? Yes. That's cool. That's cool.
3: I haven't seen Richie in so long.
1: Yeah, from what I understand, your dad and him are really close friends.
3: Yeah, they were they were best friends. I like I called Richie my uncle. Um, it, I
1: noticed that they're staying in the same prison, but they're in different places, so they can't even see each other or talk to each other anymore either.
3: No, um, yeah, uh, Richie he's in a low security, like a camp, and my dad's in a high security or a medium security.
1: Huh, that's, that's, that's crazy. After 36, your
3: points drop. So when my dad goes past the age 36, he can go to a low security.
1: Okay, okay. Do you think at that point he'll be able to be united with? with? Uh...
3: Um, I hope so.
1: Cool, cool, cool. Eugene, do you have any questions for Jasmine?
2: No, I. My heart goes out to you, my dear, and to your father. I also had a charge, CCE charge. That's a phony charge. That's what the government does. You know, it's just oh, okay. it's just absurd. The whole thing, yeah.
1: I was wondering what that what it's,
2: that is. It's called a continuing criminal criminal enterprise. It's a conspiracy. Oh, okay. That's what it is. You know, okay. they don't have to prove anything. To bring. Conspiracy
5: charges. Okay, I
1: think my dad had that too. Yeah. Um, so it says that your dad was arrested on your birthday in two thousand six, and sent yeah, away on Nina's, Nina's birthday in two thousand eight. Wow. Huh? I said, and then he was put in prison on Nina's birthday in two thousand
3: eight. Yes, he was. They raided my house on my birthday, and then they incarcerated Richie and um, my dad on Nina's birthday in May
1: wow that's yeah that's not nice (laughs) that's terrible
3: yeah it was
1: do you get to see your dad in prison
3: yeah I do I probably get to see him about once a month
1: I bet that's hard. Uh, I I I can't imagine having to see a parent. I never was able to see my dad when he went to prison, but um, Eugene had a lot of issues issues with his kids trying to get in by wearing like. Um, and I have visited other prisoners, but um, Eugene's Sam kids used to travel a ways to get to him, and then they would send him. They send the his kids away because they weren't wearing the proper clothes clothing attire.
3: Yeah, yeah. Their dress codes are really strict sometimes and sometimes they're really lenient. Like it just depends. Like if you say you're not allowed to wear leggings, one person in front of you could get in wearing leggings but you can't. Yeah,
1: it's... I've noticed that. <laughs> yeah. So have you ever been have you ever worn the wrong clothes?
3: Yeah. Um I had um a hole on my pants on my knee and they wouldn't let me in, but next week I <laughs> wore I, the week before, I wore the exact same jeans, and they let me in. Uh, and then and sometimes say, like, when I'm with my grandma and grandpa, and you get, um like, drug swiped, and they'll they'll test randomly, and say his machine will break, and they'll keep testing, and, I'll, like, 12 people get turned away because the machine doesn't work. Oh, the machine
1: doesn't work? That's mm-hmm. their fault the machine doesn't work.
3: Yeah, it turns so many people away that travel, like, from, like, Nevada. Hmm.
1: Yeah. So for the people that are listening, like, if you could – you could be a voice for your dad, like, because your dad's in prison and he he can't communicate like you can. So what would you say to our listeners, you know, on behalf of your dad just um, so they can know why he should be out? Like, what – you know, I know, it's, you know, he's got to be with his daughter. I'm sure that's first and foremost. Yeah. But for For this long, I think you guys have suffered enough.
3: Yeah, eight long years, and it's going to be nine in May. Um, It's just, it's really hard growing up without a dad because you don't have that father figure to lean on, especially getting older and, like, you know, going through, like, certain issues and you don't have a dad there, like, with, like, 15-minute phone calls and, like, six-hour visits, it's hard. And I just want to let everyone know that my dad's sentences are unjust and to go sign the petition.
1: Sign this petition, you guys. I'm sharing it right now.
3: It's also being shared on the Voices of the
1: Cannabis War Facebook page if you're looking for the link. Um, Jasmine, I really... You know, I kind of touched my heart when you said that because when I was your age, I had my dad, and I and I know and I know your dad's a good dad because, you know, I I I just I just see that any all of our plant prisoners it seems like they're they're good people and you always see like he wants to be with his daughter and you, we always hear that out of the writing that he does. He's, he's your dad is a really good writer.
3: Yeah, um, he's a great, he's a great dad. For being in prison, like some dads that are out aren't even as good as my dad and how he tries so hard when he's in prison.
1: Oh, I believe it. I believe it. That's awesome. Um, so Jasmine, I just want to let you know that any any time we could have um, Craig Cecil call in and we'll will end this interview so that we can get him on because he's calling in from prison. Okay. Um, but. In my heart, I feel like your dad's not gonna, your your dad's not going to um, spend the rest of his life for the next twenty years till twenty two years in prison because um, he's been accepted project and they're reviewing his application. Is that right for the for the he actually has a chance to get out? Yeah. Um, him and yeah. Ricardo.
3: Yes, him and Ricardo would be free.
1: Mm-hmm. would we'll be free. And all it takes is the president to say, yeah, let's let's let this man free. Um yeah, we can grant,
3: yes. we can grant do that any time. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: well um Jasmine, is there anything you would anything else you'd like to say?
3: Um <laughs> free Luke's crumbled sooner Richie months. <laughs> <laughs> What is it like going to school with,
1: um, with your dad in prison? It's
3: it's hard like seeing like other kids' parents pick them up or like their dads come and like them walking with their dads or just seeing like other kids my age with their dads and like how they are and how they spend time and it's like I wish I could have that.
1: Aww, you deserve that, Jasmine. You do. That's
3: Thank you. that's crazy.
1: Um, does it, does kids, does other kids at your school know that your dad's in prison? And if they do, does that have an effect on you at school or anything? Um,
3: most people are supportive about it. Um, but the people who do know are supportive, but not a lot of people know. Maybe, at my old school, yeah, like when I was in elementary school, when he, he first went to prison, a lot of people knew about it because, like, um, I think like some of it was on the news or something like that, but cool. yeah, some people know that.
1: Aw, well, <laughs> Jasmine, <laughs> thank, thank you, you for having I me. I do. I do look up to your dad, and I look up to Ricardo too because I swear I've I've been um, in the communication with both of them for for about four years now, and. Like time is just going by, and I'm still getting core links from them and messages from them because they're not, they haven't been out yet. Like it's, it's kind of crazy to watch watch years and years fly by and see people just in prison. Um, do you feel? How do you feel about your dad actually being behind bars with other prisoners and having being forced to live, you know, a life that he doesn't deserve to
0: live?
3: It it scares me like just to like know what like he goes through like after visitings they have to. Take off all their clothes in front of everybody. Like that must be so like degrading, and like just walking the halls of prison. That must be depressing. Like I, that's I feel bad for my dad. Like he does, he doesn't deserve that because he's a good dad and he's a good role model to me. And like even if he is in prison,
1: yeah, it seems like it seemed like it'd be like school, with all the same kids, being girls or boys. But with not without teachers and not ever being able to leave, like just the yeah. building and being scared of it, like it just it, Never it doesn't being sit right leave. Yeah, it doesn't sit right to me either, Jasmine. It doesn't.
3: It's not. What about
1: you, Eugene? What do you what do you think about taking Jasmine' dad out of her life and um, keeping him in prison for twenty two years? It's
2: it's totally <laughs> it's totally unfair, but. You know, life isn't fair necessarily always, and, uh, in Desmond, I feel for you really do. Uh, all I can say is you got to maintain, I, I, from my own experience, you've just got to maintain that that love. I, I never ceased telling my kids that I loved them, and I know your dad does that with you, and and that's real. That's reality, the love yeah. that can't be broken ever, ever, you know, that's he has it and even though you can't talk regularly, I'm sure the minutes he can talk with you and the visits, you know, he can still try to be the best dad possible, you know?
3: Yeah, he you, does. He
2: really does. All you gotta be is the best daughter, you know. That's that's it and just keep keep that keep for him, keep be- being there for him, you know? Yeah.
3: That's
0: uh, I think that's he's doing really like tremendous.
1: Job. Yeah, because of the petition and the video, like if you, you, the way you guys are, like, fighting for your dad and putting it out there, like, free my dad, that's that's really cool. Your dad is really, really lucky because I don't see a lot of other kids out there doing that. So I'm hoping yeah. that, like, doing it will inspire other children to do it. And I think yeah. the voices voices of the children, I think Obama's going to listen to that. I think he's going to hear hear what you're trying to I say. I hope so. <laughs> for sure. For sure.
0: All right, Jasmine. Jasmine, I I got a question
2: before we finish. I just had a quick question. Do you live with your mom?
3: Yeah, I do live with my mom.
2: Uh, Do you have other other brothers and sisters or just you?
3: I have four stepbrothers and sisters.
2: Are they living with you too or they're not?
3: They live with me part-time.
2: Okay. Are you close to them?
3: Yeah, I am.
2: Oh, That's good. Cool. Okay. And yeah. do they visit? Do they visit your dad too? Do they come visit your dad?
3: No, they don't. Just me. Um, I usually, I stay with my grandma part time. Like, I um usually come here every other weekend and we go see my dad. Oh, yeah,
0: okay. Yeah, I saw. I
3: saw he has a he has a brother, um, Nick that always
1: advocates for him as well. Your dad has a lot yeah, of a lot Yeah, I of him on Tuesdays. There. That's okay. cool.
2: Okay. Okay, so you're close to your grandma.
3: Yeah, me my—that's my best friend. Aww.
2: Okay, that, that's wonderful. That, that really warms my heart to hear that. That's beautiful. And you just give—you just keep giving her love because she's hurting too, you know, with that your, your dad's in prison. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Well, okay. Now,
1: well, you keep one, your good
6: work.
2: <laughs> everything okay, my dear.
0: Okay. I think thank she's you. One of our
1: youngest, one of our youngest activists. <laughs> um, so, Jasmine, if you ever, yeah. any time you want to come on our show, you have an open invitation. If you just want to come on and say, "Hey, you guys, free my dad," or you want to come yeah. on, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Anything you want to do, you come on our show and let us know. And you always have an open invitation, and Nina does too. Let her know as well.
3: She okay. Thank you her. so much for letting me on. Thank, thank you for having Thank
1: you. Thank you, Jasmine. Thank you. All right, you guys, that was Jasmine Scarmazzo. Um, you can go straight to her dad's petition right now um, on change.org. Just type in Luke Scarmazzo or or Ricardo Ruiz Montes, or you can go to my Facebook wall, or you can go to the Voices of the Cannabis Wars Facebook wall. And please sign the petition. It's, unite them back together. Eugene, will you talk to the guests? Right now we got Craig calling in, and I'm going to answer it.
2: Oh, okay. Well, yes. th- this is one of the big part- points of our program. We have Craig Cecil calling in from from federal prison. He's very inspirational, and uh, uh, we've become he's become a friend of ours, and and we 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 love him, and we're praying for his release. So uh, here's Craig coming on right now.
1: Good morning, Craig.
7: Okay. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. How are things there? Oh, thank Good you. morning, okay. Craig. Good morning, Gene.
0: Is, is it cold in Terre
7: Haute? Yes. Uh, it's, well, it's cloudy, Terre Haute, today, but it's fairly warm. It's about 62 degrees out, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So that's a, that's a balmy morning for us. <laughs>
6: So Craig, since
0: it's last fast, week you were telling seven us seventy eight, eight here
1: in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> um, Craig, last week you were telling us that about the dental thing. Well, Becca from the Human Solution, she wrote a press release and the Human Solution put out a press release um to call your prison and tell them to give you guys dental back. Well, I made about ten phone calls to the prison and you cannot get a, a hold of a live person. It says to speak to an operator or whatever. It always goes to the operator, and it rings five or ten times, and then it goes
0: ding, 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 ding,
1: And you can't talk to no one there.
7: So imagine that. They won't accept any complaints or any questions as to what they're doing.
1: <laughs> Nothing. No mobile-by-person will get on the phone there at all.
7: I, I think the the reason for that is is they they just refuse to handle, you know, complaints and inquiries and all that That's they've just closed that off and it and that kind of that kind of fits the way they work.
0: Wow. The
7: the, the BOP will often just refuse to process applications like for instance the application that uh, uh Vicka and the Congresswoman helped me with uh, to go to my son's funeral. It wasn't that they denied my application to go to my son's funeral. They just refused to process it. And that's wow. just kind of the way they do stuff, because they could be legally liable if they deny it for, you know, an invalid reason. So just in so many things, they just refuse to do it at all. They they just refuse to fill out applications for people, your process applications that people have put in. And that. So I can understand why they they simply don't answer the phone.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. well, we've got Mindy. Mindy, she's the producer of the show. She says there's an email that we can send complaints to. So, um, we'll get a hold of that email and we will put it out there for people, so that they can email them instead of call them. Maybe that will help. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if they check their email or not. If they don't answer their phones, I'm I'm hesitant to think they
0: check their email. That's
7: true. Now, I know there is a BOPBureauPrisons.gov website, and from what I'm told, there's a section there where you can click over to a comment section. So, I, I imagine you can leave comments there, but again, I don't know if anybody reads them in Washington, D.C. Wow,
1: wow. Um, so, Craig, today's show is about, is the topic of it, is about what about the children, Um we had had uh, Jasmine Scarmazzo, whose dad has served his eight years of 22-year sentence, um, on, and she was talking about how she wants her dad to come home. And so we want to kind of get your take and ask you the question, what about the children?
7: Well, I can relay, you know, just what happened to me and my children uh, following my arrest. Is, for instance, two years before my arrest, uh, both of my kids were getting great grades in grade school, and I made them an offer that if they both brought home straight A's in the same report card, uh, that I would just pack up and take them to Disney World. Well, sure enough, <laughs> for spring break uh, uh, back in 2000, they both brought home straight A's, so the Aww. MasterCard the Mastercard company... Uh, <laughs> Got a gift. <laughs> but 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 we went to Disney for spring break and uh but that that put my kids in the top one or two uh in their class rank in their respective classes. Wow. My ex wife was not quite as um driven as far as education. But following my arrest, both kids were um I mean, pretty hurt about that whole procedure and and things of that nature. And both of them uh, went to high school shortly after that. And Rather than being in the top one or two people in their class, they were in the bottom 50 percentile class rank-wise. So both of them, I mean, just their attitude and caring about themselves and caring about their futures, uh, that just diminished.
8: This call is from a federal prison.
7: You know, they didn't have two parents, and they've seen... You know, what my efforts had done for me So really A lot of times I think, you know Judges may give a little bit of lip service To it But they don't realize that when they sentence a person Especially when they sentence a father Or a mother That they're also sentencing the children My -hmm. children had to endure A a life imprisonment So far And, you know, what, what that's done You know, to my kids And, you know, to their futures And I mean, it is immeasurable. Like my daughter says, so often she has to tell people, you know, when they ask, you know, well, is your father going to be there, or what about your father, this and that. And she has to explain, well, my father's, you know, in federal prison serving a life sentence. And she says, every single one of them uh, responds by saying, well, who did they kill? Why did they kill somebody? Uh. uh, Wow,
1: because they don't expect it to be something like cannabis.
7: Right. And when, you know, she tells them that, no, um, he's a first-time offender on a marijuana charge, that the people are just appalled, and uh, most of them don't even believe her. Wow. This is, something, this is something that just shouldn't happen. People don't go to prison for life for marijuana. I mean, uh, or that's what the public, I think, in general would say. And as you know, I've long harped on, you know, federal crimes other than murder... Federal violent crimes, other than murder, only carry up to 20 years. And I have to wonder, why does a marijuana charge carry up to life? You know, why do we have guidelines spread out over a zero to life range? Whereas a violent crime like rape or you know, real ugly assaults and all that, or real ugly robberies, you know, where, where the you know the teller is even shot, those people face up to 20 years in prison.
9: I would
0: call the it conspiracy progress
1: <laughs> with conspiracy, but that's the ultimate conspiracy,
0: yes,
7: yes, the conspiracy theory of conviction is um really used by the federal prosecutors more than the much more than the states, and it's it's really led to a lot of absurd results
0: and um.
1: So, Craig, we've got um, a guest on the line. She's a producer of this show, and she wants to speak to you. I think she has a question or something she wants to say to you. Uh, This is Mindy Griffiths. Mindy, um, you're online. Hey, Craig. uh, On air with Craig Cecil.
8: Hey, Craig. It's so good to hear your voice again, as always. I wanted to ask you, um, a couple days ago, or yesterday, I believe, it came out that the president is going to uh, do another commutation chunk. And I just wanted to tell you that the first person I I speak to a lot of people and I want them all out But the first person that came to my mind was you and I can't think of Anybody who should get out more than Craig Cecil Um, And I just wanted you to know that I'm Really praying that this chunk is your time Me too
7: Well thank you and and you can bet on this. My fingers are crossed. <laughs> <Did> you, had, <laughs> you least, so. H- had you heard that news
8: yet? Had you heard the news yet?
7: Yes, I had. Yes, I had. Uh, and I think there there seems to be uh, a bunch of speculations. that There is a meeting on March 31st at the White House
0: where yes, a bunch of is. people
7: such as Amy Pova will be there to... Uh, uh, a meeting about commutations and about, you know, people that had had their sentence commuted and, you know, have lived good, productive lives and that, those people will be at the White House on March 31st. So there seems to be a lot of speculation I, that the president well, may we, use that day to announce more commutations.
8: Maybe I we should
1: have that. Amy on
8: our show and talk to us about that.
7: She may, she may. Yeah,
8: <laughs> I, would, I would love that. um the one thing I did read in there, Craig, is it said something about um, that the people had, prison. there were certain specifications about who would be commuted, and one of them was that they couldn't be part of a large uh, uh, drug manufacturing like thing. And with, so what, with the way that they came at you because it was um, the refrigeration truck thing, is, is that a concern to you?
7: No, it's not, because they really never pointed to that we were, you know, part of like a a large cartel or, you know, like a street gang or, you know, the the things that I think that people are most fearful of, you know, releasing cartel members, releasing gang members and all that. You know, I wasn't a member of any sort of group like that, and to my knowledge, none of my co-conspirators were, so I don't think there's a big group affiliation in the the group that really surrounds the marijuana, you know, uh, conspiracy in my case is actually a fairly small group. I, I mean, for at least the ones I know of. So I, well, I don't think good, that'll good be a news. concern to
0: me.
8: All right. Well, just know that I'm out here with my fingers, toes, hairs crossed, praying to every <laughs> God that exists and... Um, and. uh, and, uh you know, I I'm I just I really think this is your time and and many others. I mean, um, Michael Pellet here. Um, there's just a lot of people who need to get out. Um, Antonio. Um,
1: <coughs> you know.
8: Yeah. Well, thank uh, you so much for letting me come on and talk.
7: Oh well, thank you and thank you for your prayers. I mean, I really appreciate that. And- Um, Thank you for keeping all your (laughs) hairs and fingers and everything else Uh, Uh, crossed. All right, well, thank you, Okay. Another report came out this week from the uh, Department of Justice, and apparently they've studied uh, federal prisoners who had been released from prison uh, from about 2005 and on. And one thing they found is that half of them committed new felonies uh, after they got out, and the majority of those felonies were violent crimes. The, the leading one was assault. And that kind of raises some questions in my mind's eye, when a, right at half of the federal convictions are for drug crimes. So these are, drug crimes are inherently nonviolent crimes. I mean, and you have to wonder why, Um, A majority of the people getting, well, or I mean a large percentage, how's that, of people getting released are now committing violent crimes. Is federal imprisonment actually leading to more federal, you know, to more violent crimes is my question. You know, are they sending nonviolent people to prison to learn to be violent offenders? I'm kind of wondering what those numbers actually tell us.
1: I feel like people might be learning how, learning, they might be teaching prisoners how to, you know, act out, outside of prison so they can get her back into prison. It seems like a more of a conspiracy.
7: I do. I have to wonder about that. <laughs> like I've mentioned my Sally before, he robbed three different banks in three different states, and uh, he he was sentenced to 30, 37 months of imprisonment. Now, those are violent crimes. <laughs> there was multiple violent crimes. so I mean, he had a pattern of it. And uh, But yet he's sentenced to 37 months, whereas, you know, for instance, me, as a marijuana funder, I, I'm sentenced to life. I mean, what does that teach you, that there's, that there's more money in violent crime? And I'm wondering if, you know, if federal prisoners are reacting to that. I, I'd like to see some further study on that, because the numbers seem to be leading to that conclusion.
1: Yeah. I feel like it. I feel like it. I mean, people who don't know about, about um, violence goes in prison and learns about violence and then they're violent. It makes, it makes sense. And
7: as Gina will tell you, I mean, uh, especially the penitentiaries, uh, these are violent places full of violent people. So you do have to you know, um, I don't know, I guess, you know, learn to be able to uh, defend yourself if necessary. And I'm wondering, you know, what that's doing to nonviolent drug offenders that come in and later leave. But I do want to say thank you for shining a light on us again and for trying to help us with our missing dental. I think you heard the second beep and you know what that means.
6: All right, Craig. We love
1: you.
7: But we thank you very you. much, and thank you for helping us. And I have my fingers crossed, and they're going to stay crossed the rest of the public.
1: Well, we <laughs> gathered plenty of letters. They, they, the president's going to know that we're on the West Coast. We want you free. Oh, well, there goes Craig Cecil, because in federal prison you can only talk for 15 minutes. And then the phone's gone, and you have to go back to serving the rest of your life sentence, because Craig is serving. Um, So we're going to, I believe that George Montorano may be on the line. Um, I'm not sure, but we're going to find out in just a moment. He's going to be our next guest. And George served 33 years of a life sentence in prison. So um, let's see here. In just a second, Mindy's Mindy's checking on that one, but in just a second, we're going to find out. Um, he He just recently got out and was united with his daughter after 33 years. So when we asked George what what about the children, I just can't wait to find out what George is gonna say. Oh yes, that was George. Um Eugene Eugene and George were really really our besties, best of friends in the world and they met each other and spent a lot of time in prison. So we're gonna have Eugene's friend George and our friend to our world, George Montorano. Good morning, George. What about the children? Hi, Christian. Hi, Hi Jean. Hi. Good morning. Good morning.
4: Good morning always always a pleasure always a pleasure
2: it's our pleasure georgie tell us a little bit about about the programs you participated in or structured and did in prison yeah
4: so concerning... yeah today's okay. program uh, really uh, hits uh the uh, the heart of me because uh you know many years ago uh i designed uh, it's called fathers behind bars and it's still going on today where you know we take the Basically, the estranged fathers, the fathers that uh haven't paid attention to their children uh not not for being mean but it just the circumstances that evolve you know <clears throat> the involvement the evolving is you know you they get arrested uh now they're pre trial now they have to concentrate on the trial and then they go away, then they have to adjust to prison so and, you know, most cases, uh, you know, the mother moves on. The years go by and it moves on. And then uh, with the work we did with fathers behind. But first I want to I wanna read this little poem like I always do. And here it goes. I believe a child cries in the night. Believe children of millions, no fear. Their hearts only sight. Mothers and fathers, so chained way. Courtroom, schoolroom, lonely bedroom. Wait a minute, I gotta get from, into the light. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Ah, uh, let me start over. It's, uh, I was um, traveling. <clears throat> Here it goes. I, I believe a child cries in the night. Believe children of men, no fear. Their hearts only sight. Mothers and fathers so chained away. Courtroom,
10: schoolroom,
4: lonely bedroom. God, oh, where and of the little one's end of plight. Yes, believe a child cries in the night. The cells are there to keep mom and dad. When I grow up, will my days be prison-sad? Okay, now, that Paul means so much. Gene? Gene?
0: Gene. Yeah, George. Hello? Yes, George, hello. Hello? Yes. Hold
2: on. George, you did so much while you were in prison, and you continue to do so much. I, I just want to commend you. I uh, I know you had a horrible experience with your own son. Uh, he passed away. I think we were together in Atlanta when it happened, and uh, it's very traumatic. I know. How how, how are things are the way with your mother? Tell tell the audience how how your uh, how's how's your mother and how are things going between you two. Hello
1: he just dropped off Hello. He said he was, Eugene he just dropped off he said he was traveling so I'm wondering if he um, lost his lost okay. his connection so let's just wait for a few yeah. more minutes I mean, you for talk, about, right. talk about
2: children let's go Christian we go to the other side of the equation not just the children of prisoners but the parents of prisoners yeah uh, you know like Georgie's mother and like my mother I mean that's they're in
0: prison that's too. what we need to do a show pay.
1: on next. that's what we should do with show on next is the, the mothers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The parents.
1: Absolutely. What about the children? What about Absolutely. the parents? You know, you know it, it, it affects everybody. We need to we need to be focusing in on all these different angles. Like this is you know, parents have a voice for their children, just like the children do, just like we do. These voices are we're the voices of the cannabis war. We we all come from all over the all over the war. War affects us all. This the parents. I mean, I couldn't imagine like here here I am a child, not a child, but I have a parent in prison. I'm a daughter. I have two parents in prison, but I can't imagine what it'd be like for the parent to have to be separated from the child. Like, you know, I'm worried about them, and they're worried about you. Hi, George.
4: Oh, I'm so sorry. I got disconnected <laughs> uh, of the area I'm in. Uh anyway, did uh, did no did I <clears throat> did anyone hear the poem? So i want to start it again. Yes, we, heard the poem. we
1: heard we heard the poem and then um Eugene Eugene brought up the the, the question, what about your mom? How's your mother doing and um what, what's up with that? And then you hung up and then your the phone got disconnected.
6: Okay, long as you
4: heard the phone. Well, mom, mom's fine. You know, uh, I try to get her to interact. what I do, uh, you know, when I do my intervention specialists, especially with uh, the young people. You know, especially with the young people that uh, parents are incarcerated. There's so there's so many uh, since 1987, and a million and a half children uh, from the poor and minorities have been affected. You know so much so that Gene uh, and I over the years seen children uh, grow up and become uh, parents. Now I mean, uh, that's how we languished in prison, and uh, and some of these some of these children that are incarcerated went on to have <clears throat> a little bit of a life, and some of them uh, you know uh, head on to tragedy. And there's so much, so much of that. And uh, again, I like to speak about my class fathers behind bars. You know, it was a whole process, uh, and uh, I had to design this class that was, that that would have an effect. And what we did with these uh, fathers that were estranged from their children, you know, first thing we had to get them uh, to understand forgiveness. They had to forgive themselves, and they had to forgive the women that moved on, even though. The woman moved on, that's still her children. So once you establish that basically two forgivenesses, then the father could start uh, communicating. And we always start that by letters, and uh, then we go into phone calls, and then actually arrange visits. So we had a lot, a lot of success with that over the years. But the sad part about that, the prison bus is pulling up, as Gene knows. Prison pulls, bus pulls up twice a week, you know, uh, uh, 52 weeks a year. So who gets off the bus? More fathers that are estranged from the children. And these classes go on and on and on, but that's not the answer because the children continue to suffer and they continue to grow without loved ones. And, you know, a realistic, real reality, ladies and gentlemen, you know, the poor and minorities in these uh, bad neighborhoods, there's no jobs, so they, they go into the drug culture and they, they make a the few dollars, and then the cycle comes. They get hauled off, and uh, the children are left to uh, defend on their own. I had a situation I think I mentioned before, a little, little Rita in, in, in Texas, where a 15-year-old girl was actually living in a car. I don't know how she found me, but she wrote a letter, and we all joined, and we helped this girl. And her parents were away. And mother and father. my father doing life and the mother doing 15 years. So what well, times that, tens of thousands, ladies and gentlemen, around America. And we're the only country doing that, destroying these children. Gene? Uh,
0: you're absolutely right, George.
2: It's a disgrace that the land of the free, that's what we call ourselves in the United States, and we do things like that, Uh I, I know uh, you're to be commended also in helping that girl. I know a lot of kids that we all reached out to to try to assist. Uh, and also, I, I know I know some of the problems you yourself had. I know the blessing of... Uh, tell, tell our listeners again the story about being reunited with your daughter in, in Tampa after 33 years. Yeah, so well,
4: she was four years old uh, when uh, I went away. She was 36 and and, uh, you know, we reunited in Tampa, and basically she was like a child. You know, actually she followed me around, uh, and she was constantly, I was constantly hugging her. So even though she was an adult, she was deprived, you know, all those years, especially as a child, from her, you know, love and compassion of a father. And it, it takes effect. And it's still it's still where I have to call her and I have to spend time with her, so it's a long-term effect, and what we caused, we caused with the the poor minorities, these poor minority neighborhoods, is you know the children go up to be incarcerated, and you know <clears throat> this big this big budget that is being spent full-heartedly, you know has to be looked at. It all has to be looked at in the right perspective. If Europe doesn't have this problem. We have this problem with these tens of thousands of children being affected. I spoke to high school since my release. I put some of that uh, up on my Facebook Live, you know. And uh, every classroom I went in these, uh, you know, the problematic schools, supposedly. To me, they weren't. And I would go in these classrooms, and uh, at least when I would ask the question, who has an incarcerated parent or loved one, a third of the class. Always raised their hand, third of the class. And uh, and I did three I did three classrooms in one morning, and a third of the class raised their hand. And you you can go any 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 city any city uh, with your public school system, and and a third of the class will raise their hand, if not more. Gene.
2: Yeah, George, it's uh, I had a friend, the superintendent of education of Washington, Bert. And uh, he uh, became my 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 friend while I was incarcerated, uh, and he used to call it "cradle to grave," cradle right. to grave, and especially for the minorities. And uh, you want to comment on that, George?
4: Well, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, we cannot continue. Cannot you continue with? It, but, I mean, you commit a crime. Okay, you're supposed to go to jail. I understand that. But, like, in our personal situation, we went to jail with no time a human can do. And Gene and you and I, children, were affected. And then uh, these these poor neighborhoods, these poor neighborhoods, uh, you see them. The father starts doing time. You know, he goes away once. He goes away twice. And then the third time, he's away a long time. So they're, they're raised by the mother's. Now you have the situations where the mother doesn't have the money, and they go out and to uh, commit crime. And then, for you know, there's no uh, matter of fact. I'm I'm arranging a meeting with the. It's called the Youth Study Center here in Philadelphia, and I met a woman who's a counselor there. And uh, it's got so overcrowded there, it's got so overcrowded for these young women adjustment that she actually uh, through a meeting with her. Uh, we have designed what you call the field trip, where she, has, she actually got a court order where she could get these young girls, the ones that are not, you know, in trouble, and she can get these young girls and take them around the city and, you know, bring them in, maybe talk to some shops and, and make them feel like they're someone. And uh, every time I meet with these young girls, it's always a situation that the, the mother was in jail, the father was in jail, every single one of them. And this youth study center is a very big building, full of young men and women who just have no, no, no idea. Uh, I don't even think a lot of them are thinking of what the future is going to be. And that's that's the bad situation. When you have a young person that doesn't even think what type of future they're going to have, then you're going to have nothing but problems, and some of them are serious nature. Gene.
2: Yeah, George, uh, I, as you speak, I think of uh, especially uh, the Afro-Amer- African-American community. As you and I both know, they're especially hit hard. And there are some parts of the uh, African-American communities that, that I've observed, and it's, it's just common to think that everybody in the family is going to go to jail. Everybody and their friends are going to go to jail, and it's like, it's like a, a, a rite of passage, almost, you know. Yes. And well, it, it, we we gotta think of that, George.
4: Well, it, it's been happening for 25 years. It's continued happening, you know. I just wish I can get to the the political entities, the political, political powers, that be, and just give my 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 message in sense, okay, and common sense, and uh, hopefully they'll take some some difference. Like many, uh, uh, I, when, me, when me and you were teaching all those years, Gene, you know, uh, do I, we both have groomed other uh, substitute teachers in our classes, and I always tell them, you know, <clears throat> these minorities and uh, the poor minorities in our classroom, you not teach down at them. You have to teach uh, with them. Because uh, a lot of times with people I was training, I said, you know, you go to the phone and you call your loved ones and they're there, and things are sort of okay, but you have some of these uh, these minorities. Okay, they go. They go. I actually witnessed where a guy would call his wife and children. They were on the sidewalk. They were on the sidewalk, nowhere to go. So that's why I instructed my my teachers. You know, always be a gentleman because you don't know, you don't know the problem of the next man next to you, and it could be bitter. Pretty severe when they come from these ghettos, Gene.
0: Yeah, I, I I
2: I hear you very clearly. Of course, it's uh it's it's atrocious, George, that we have uh, uh, parts of our population—the Latin Latinos and the uh, African Americans—compose less than thirty percent of our population, yet they're probably sixty to seventy percent of our prisons. Uh, can you give us some insight on that, George?
4: Oh, yeah. Well, let's go very simple. The facts of Puerto Rico. Our drug laws have went to an island people. Okay? The last 10 years, okay, we've been devastating the youth of Puerto Rico, okay, uh, with RICO cases anywhere from 40 to 100. And they have become basically some of the biggest gangs now in, in, uh, in the penitentiary. And these young Puerto Rican guys, because we brought our American drug laws to an island that has no jobs, where the drug culture has uh, taken a big, a big hole and now we're we're sending them to prison. Young people, and and listen, thousands of these young people are already fathers. These young men and women, uh, fathers and mothers, and now it's a big, big problem in our system. No one, no one's addressing that. No one's addressing that in the right life. We took our drug laws to an island people. Even though Puerto Rico was a, 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 a territory, American territory, where we have American currencies, we have tourism, we have casinos, but the bulk of the island are poor, and now they're they're filling up the federal prison system. And that's a fact. King.
2: Yeah, George, uh, you know, uh, I... I think we can hear the, the murmurings now in our society of the fact that the drug laws that were in, initiated back with uh, Richard Nixon and uh, accelerated by every president since then have been a total failure, a total failure. And if anything, you've just sketched out how it is increasing crime rather than decreasing it,
10: George.
4: Well, i like to take the state of Pennsylvania. Okay, the state, not the federal system. The state system in the state of Pennsylvania, they, they must have 20, 30 prisons, okay? 50 per, 53% of every state prison in Philadelphia, okay, 53% comes from one section, North Philadelphia. One section. So now you have our drug laws, okay, that are because they one, this North Philly so poor, and the only way these people can survive, put, Bread right on the table, say the bills is through the drug culture. Now they 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 got them lining them up, lining them up in these courtrooms, and fifty three percent of every prison in Pennsylvania is from one section of the state. So that is that to me, that is completely unjust madness. I mean, you're taking justice and you're taking justice and targeting an area, okay, targeting an area where there's nothing but the drug culture. Now you're filling your your prisons with this one section of philly and um you know they know it they know it and it's just a continuation continuation so until care until care and sense go together you have to care and it has to be a sensible care until they go together this is what the future still is going to hold gene yes judge you're, you're absolutely right it eh?
2: Uh, I I think the listeners can hear a very vivid message. We create a culture. Is that the culture we want? Is that what we want for our people in the United States, where we're creating a culture of families separated, of long sentences, of a special focus on minorities, discriminatory focus on minorities? Is that what America stands for, George?
4: Well, it definitely stands for in certain certain areas, large certain areas, especially your cities and uh, you know your poor suburbs. That's what it stands for. That's who that's filling well, the prisons up.
1: You guys, we've got a man on the line. His name is Rick DeLisi, and his dad has been in prison for twenty-eight years. Um, so we're going to find out okay, in just a so what's, what's going on with guys, that.
4: You guys, you and, you. You, you have another one coming in, Christian, so I'll sign off. George, okay. thank you okay. for your input
1: on What About the Children. I, I value it and I cherish it. I cherish your thought. Thank you.
4: All right. Yeah. I'll see you guys next week. Jane, I'll be talking to you. Okay, Jane. George. Okay. Thank you for coming okay. on the okay. program. All have right. a great bye day. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, Christian, let's bring on
1: God. Rick. Well, I want to introduce Rick. Um, Mindy's still screening him, but while while she screens him, I want to introduce them. I just want people to know, Rick Rick DeLisi's been without his dad for 28 years. We we heard from a a 13 a year old girl today who's been without her dad for eight. Um, in in the United States of America, you know, I've I was without my dad for four, but I've really been without him for five, and I'm going to go the rest of my life without him because these men are serving life sentences like Eugene got freed and George got freed, and our listeners just got to hear two free cannabis men after all these decades of being incarcerated have a conversation on the radio show. Okay, but they're still in there. And if they don't get out, they too may never get out. They too may, they've been sentenced to die there. So we're going to talk to Rick Delisi about what about the children. What about the children? Um, hey, how you doing? Good morning, Rick. How good, uh, are you? Good
5: morning, everybody. Yeah, I'm. I'm doing okay. Um, yeah, I was just just thinking about what you said. Thinking back to when I was like 13, and it had you know only been a couple years, and how it how it gets like at the point of like eight years, it almost becomes surreal mm-hmm. because you lose track of like. How long you haven't had that person in your life And then, then it just starts to like Time just starts to fly in a way You can't really imagine Because right. I mean once once it goes past like 15 years It's just like it almost It seems hopeless in a way You know And it's like I don't think it's, it's, uh, I don't think it's hopeless either It just feels that way at times You know And then to see right. what's going on in America Where there's like 23 states That have already made it medically legal and then, you know, the even recreational in some states, it it's just it's kind of it throws you off, you know, it's like, okay, here's the people who made this possible before, you know? And
0: yeah.
5: Now these people are like
1: dad's and here's your dad. Yeah, and n- never
5: that. Yeah, a fully nonviolent crime, you know, like just smuggling marijuana. And actually conspiracy to smuggle marijuana So actually never accomplishing it But A reverse I, um, thing Entrapment of Yeah, it's it's crazy just to think about
1: You know, well, that's the thing You know, back in the 80s We smoked just as much weed in the United States As we do now we, It was just very, yeah, very course. much more illegal And your dad risked his whole entire Life, his whole future To get it to us back then yeah but what a lot of people
5: don't know is not only did he risk but it was like his only option you know i mean my father was a young um a young entrepreneur who was dyslexic so he had issues approaching you know the social normal world what he tried to get into and never could get in but had an ease with that situation because of you know his 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 know-how and, and growing up in the street, which is like, in one way it's a bad thing. In another way, if he was Richard Branson, he'd be the most amazing entrepreneur because that's how his <laughs> life started, you know. But it's yeah. just like, um, it's it's just it's all how they get you and how it's just like how yeah, it's how they get you basically, and and how you get got. And, when, and the way my dad went down is just one of his really like close partners became a government informant. So wow. just through through my father being yeah, he, owed money from this guy, this guy just played him into a new deal and just literally from only owing my father money. Like you know, your he dad, became uh, yeah. your
1: dad
6: told me I'm how listening.
5: they how
1: they took him up north for the trial so that like people couldn't even you know, in the town. They took him out of his town and took him, like, a couple hours north just to have a trial. So they didn't have, because they said he couldn't have a trial in the town that he was
5: convicted It was also in. where he was prior, previously sentenced in his life. So it was kind of weird. It was like they put him in front of a judge that had already seen him before, which is a very huh. odd thing, I think. Uh, and But whatever. Definitely. And the judge had already told my father if he ever saw him again, it was over for him, you know, so. Wow. It's a weird one. It's a very, it's very like Dukes yeah. of Hazzardish, but then reality. You know, like
1: um, Eugene Fisher. <laughs> he's the host of this show. He's also from California, or not California, but from Florida, and he always yep. tells us about how how they operate in Florida and how it just works. That's just how it is.
5: Yeah, I, I remember when I was. I remember being. I, uh,
0: I,
2: uh, I. I hear you loud and clear. I was part of the same culture your father was part of. And bringing in marijuana, it's almost like the government made it so easy, but with their stupid laws, and we got caught up in it. And then they they gave us maximum sentence. Uh, 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 those of us who didn't have the political connections, if it was a rich kid, they didn't have to do any time. And it's atrocious to think that a man like your dad is still in prison, even when the laws are changed. But, you know, within a year, Rick, we're going to have.
5: Forty states that have legalized it. Yeah. 40 but, uh, states. Okay. So that's forty states, and then you think to yourself, like, okay, here's a sixty-six year old man who's been in jail for twenty-eight years, longer than Nelson Mandela, who was, you know, considered a freedom fighter for the time he spent in 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 prison. Once he was once he was freed, and then I just I trip off it like I think like wow how what what is the point that they will feel that he has actually paid his de- debt to society is it some kind of backwards like thinking method that you have to kill somebody and take away a grandfather a father a uncle a brother you know a fa- yeah just it's like it it almost seems like really like and and then in Colorado this is funding schools like I don't know, It just for me uh, it's a hard pill to swallow. That's
6: a good point. And that that and is a good point. Yeah, I'm
5: just I'm just at the point where I think it's like I think Obama and whoever, Rick Scott, anybody from Texas, whoever the governor of Texas is, all these super super heavy militant country uh states in the country against marijuana should all just really look at every single one of these cases, especially the ones with senior citizens and just totally yeah that, that that's that's what um a clemency is for in my opinion is to go and fix things you know and and i i've written the clemency board so many times i'm blue in the face i've watched my you know my mother my 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 stepmother die my my father's little son my, my little brother and my father's other son die it's all due to this you know it's like it's 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 really heavy. And at the point, it, it, at first, of like five years, I understand. Okay, yeah, somebody needs to learn a lesson. They got into the wrong business and da-da-da-da-da. Okay, 10 years, it's already like, whoa, we watched murderers walk and him stay in. 15 yeah. years, we were watching people who, you know, their drug deals killed 50 people and they walked, you know what I mean? And then, then after twenty years, you see the the people who actually murdered their families and their kids and raped their kids walk. So I'm thinking, what the fuck did my dad do that's that level? You know, like, excuse my French, but
1: oh, it's um, okay.
5: Yeah, it's it's just funny to like uh, think about. And my sister right now is just really needing some. Your sister someone just else. had a baby. Yeah, my sister just had a baby, and my my father's become now a grandfather to four children that he's never seen you know like three of them it's just crazy you know like i don't know the the situation is out of hand and rick i had had eight
2: grandchildren i had eight grandchildren born to me while i was incarcerated i didn't see any
0: of them horrible i had every one
2: of my kids get married i didn't go to the marriage there were countless baptisms and things i missed i hear you loud and clear listen listen we gotta we gotta talk because um Christian and I and Mindy and our organization is helping another Florida prisoner, and I think you're going to get him out. And I, I, I've got some ideas what we might be able to do to help your dad. So let's let's get together on the phone after, after the program's over or something, okay?
5: All righty. And everybody, please go to uh, com and, um, yeah, just scroll down and sign the petition, share it, repost it on Instagram, on Facebook, on whatever type (laughs) of social media you use, please, because we're just trying to get as many petitions. So, like, Rick Scott and everybody can take a good look at this, you know.
1: So, Rick, I just want to tell you real quick. um, Eugene was a jailhouse lawyer, so he does have some really good ideas that could maybe help reopen up your dad's case on a couple different levels. But let's talk more about this petition. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
5: Yeah, I do have a lot of... um, People who are willing to uh, put money up for uh, a proper, proper attorney at this point. So I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to find the right person because a let, few people Let, let come. me inter,
2: in, in, interfere a minute. It ain't, ain't just a matter of getting an attorney. There's another approach I really want to talk to you about. It. We're working on it right, right. now successfully. Successfully. Let me emphasize that. With another guy, your dad's age in prison in Florida, and uh, he's about right. to get out. Okay, so right. there's another approach I'd, like, I'd really like to talk to you about.
0: All um, petition. By, by <laughs> the way, where, where are you living?
5: I'm living in Amsterdam.
2: Amsterdam uh, in Europe and Holland?
5: Yeah, in, in the Netherlands and Holland and Europe.
2: Wow. And uh, over there, uh, uh, I, as I recall, I haven't been there for 25 years because my sentence, 27 years, it's uh, there the shops, coffee shops that sell marijuana legally, right?
5: Yeah, they sell marijuana legally here since nineteen seventy five.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and and that's just one of many countries now. I understand Canada is on the verge of total legalization. Just one of many no. countries that uh, that's fully legalizing not just marijuana but all drugs. Yeah,
5: yeah, uh, it's it's. I think it's a then better situation.
1: Sits, then your dad sits in a, in a Florida state prison for the same thing that your your community is open
5: about. Yeah, that that I mean, <laughs> this community is more recreationally open, which I agree on, but I prefer a focus on, like, medical because we already know the recreational possibilities of it. And so I just don't think it should be put as a class drug. You know, it should be more like, tobacco or alcohol that it's a choice if somebody wants to do it it causes less trouble than either one I mean nobody's ever gotten cancer from marijuana and nobody drives drunk from marijuana nobody beats their wife stoned you know what I mean I mean all these things that you have to think about it's like you smoke a joint to do the opposite of what alcohol makes you go do the total you know like I don't know it's just it's funny so it's there's this double standard in society that i think is a that it's wearing thin right now i mean i've been very prominent in the cannabis community and i mean i've just noticed like it is really wearing thin so we'll see what happens and hopefully you know you know through the word and through the grace of you know this universe that my father can live again free for a little while for something he deserves to live for you know like instead of something being punished for no reason at this point because it, there's no, there's no more fixing the man in this, you know?
1: So, um, I just shared the I just shared for our listeners who want to sign this petition. I just shared it on my Facebook wall and I just shared it on the voices of the cannabis wars wall. So if anybody wants a link to it, you can find it there or you can Google Richard DeLisi, um, org and you can, um, find it there but let's talk about this petition for a second because if you not only just want to just of course sign it you can pretty much find out a lot of his story is on this petition a lot of the things that happen is a little bit personal information about Richard um, Richard I, I talked to Richard and he was really excited that he had about 80 I think it was I talked I talked to him a while back ago and he had about 8400 supporters He's really anxious to reach ten thousand. He he wants to get to ten thousand. Yeah, we
5: want to. We want to. I mean, I want to reach a hundred thousand because then it's going to get in front of Rick Rick Scott, and then then actually something can happen. So my goal is that I mean, every single time I've gotten it to almost go viral to the point where like you know there's hundreds of people signing per hour, then some hater comes in, read dissects my father's story places him like in some narco role in their head because they think he was some kind of like he worked they they you know everybody knows like blow and narcos and so they they relate anybody who was in the drug trade to that now which is not the way everybody functioned my father was a, a like a mom and pop type of set up where he worked with his brothers and his family. There wasn't any real heavy duty connections there. There was just family members and friends. So it's just funny to watch people like build a hate towards a cause that really starts growing and just shoot it down because that's happened twice on Reddit already. But um, oh. yeah. And, it, and the most I, important I, thing is after you sign the petition, everybody, if you're listening, just please share it because there's a potential then to keep the ball rolling. It's not just what you did, but it's what your friends may can do, and then their friends can do. And if you keep telling everybody to share it after you sign it, then the ball can really roll, you know. And thank for you for sure for, <laughs> for anybody's um, time.
11: For
1: sure. Um, so I just want to re- I just want to let everybody know too that he's serving three three thirty year sentences. So that's yeah, 90 years. That's yeah. 90 years. And if he went to prison, how old was he when he went to prison?
5: He was my age. He was 38.
1: 38 when he went to prison. You know, I mean, that's that's way past his lifespan. So he's doomed to never get out if people don't get to sign in this petition. So no, my father, like, father right
5: has man. diabetes and my father has a lot of health, health issues and the prison are playing with his medicine and always making sure it runs out before he needs it it's like the 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 situation he's in he needs to be out of that situation i mean it's not it's he is dying right now he is dying in prison right now it's not a he's not just serving time he's literally dying right now so it's it's a hard one for me and i'm just hoping that you know i can spend some time uh-huh. with him before he goes you know because it's that's 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 my real feeling and that's what he's relayed to me lately like He's like, this shit is no joke now, you know. And, I mean, he never, ever talked to me like that. In this whole 20, 26, 27 years, only the past year, he starts to let me know, like, look, I'm really deteriorating quick. And I've tried to keep my, you know, my composure all this time, but now it's really killing me, you know. Uh, so, I don't know, everybody, if that has oh. any compassion to make you sign and share sure. and move it on. and.
1: <laughs> let me tell you, you something. Know. Why, why they need a side is immediately because my dad, he died in prison and he died a very tormenting, neglectful abusive death um, the, the wardens didn't give him his medicine he was really sick Like I could tell you my dad's story is just miserable and your dad in no way shape or form or anybody in no way shape or form deserves to die in prison if they never hurt anybody no, not just for cannabis but for any yeah. nonviolent crime It is absolutely Yeah, Where is the
5: rehabilitation? It has to be a rehabilitative situation. I mean, that's what prison is about. It's not just kill the people. I mean, (laughs) you don't have to torture them their whole fucking life. I'm sorry I cursed again.
1: Anyway. That's why I fight for your dad because I know he doesn't deserve to die there. He just doesn't. And you deserve to have your dad in your life. Like, I can't imagine going... All those years without my father, and I know your your dad kind of reminds me of my dad. So like I, I just can't imagine why
6: they. Look, I can just say to
5: my daughter, my sixteen year old daughter, and I could say it like any time for the past like eight years. I could just look at her and say, "Could you imagine if I was in prison your whole life?" And she'll just start crying. Just the thought. Yeah. So it's just funny how hard your heart gets after twenty something odd years. You know, it's like. Anyways, uh, yeah. Much love to you guys, and thank you for spreading word about this. And yeah.
1: Thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Maybe you too, if you ever, any time you want to come on and talk about your dad and anything like that. We we always thank you. uh, We had Teddy. In fact, your your uncle Teddy. He went to prison with your dad too, and he's been freed. He's yeah, he's been now. freed
5: because my father's, one of his charges is a RICO charge, and they dropped the RICO charge against my uncle, so that made things a lot easier for him. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we heck. thought that that was going to happen for my father. It just never never ended up happening.
0: Well,
1: the motions he, got denied. Yeah, and his appeal, his last appeal also got denied.
5: Yeah, everything gets denied because it's it's a, it's a mistake and an error because you can't really sentence somebody for a conspiracy charge to three life sentences. It's like you, there was never anything found or confiscated. It was all a reverse sting entrapment operation. So it's just it was just so somebody could get drugs into the country on his name.
0: <laughs> right, right. Anyway.
1: Is there anything you'd like to say to Rick before we end this interview? No, uh,
2: other than we we feel for you and we're with you. And
5: uh, yeah, I'll talk you to you soon. We'll catch there's up. No man.
2: reason for it.
5: Nope. I got you, man. I'll talk to you. I'll, I'll catch up with you. We'll catch up after the show. Cheers.
2: Let's do. It. Thank you. Have, have a good.
5: Have a good one.
1: Thank you, Rick. All right, you guys, that was Rick DeLisi calling from Amsterdam, asking us to get his dad out of prison in the United States of America. Okay, he's from another country, and he wants his dad out of these crazy, crazy ties that are keeping him in prison. And I agree. I think we should, I think the nation should step up and help give him his dad back. And his sister, his sister Ashley, like Ashley, oh, my gosh, she needs her dad so bad. Um, so we've got our next caller on the line. Her name is Stephanie Landa. Um, but first we want to say a shout out to the other groups out there, like Parents for Pot, who they, when you ask them, what about the children? You know what they say? They say, get your, get your money out so we can buy the children Christmas gifts. And that's what they do every year. They get, they get donations, um, and they send children who are in prison for a plant or their parents who are in prison for a plant, they send their children money and not just money, but toys and just whatever they want. They can make a list and Parents for Pot helps them out. And this year I think they helped them out with like $20,000 worth of gifts. So if you are a Parent for Pot member or you donate to Parents for Pot, you know, when we ask the question, what about the children, we got to give you a lot of credit for thinking about the children. And, um, that's from the bottom of my heart. Cause parents for Pot, they're so awesome. I love them, and thank you, Parents for Pot. Um, uh, so our next caller is Stephanie Landis, and Stephanie is a representative from, or she she is is Freedom Grow. Um, she raises commissary money for prisoners, and she helps fight for justice. She just doesn't raise commissary. She's a real good fighter for justice, and... When she says justice, that means that nobody should go to jail for a plant, and then she fights for other stuff, too. Um, but Stephanie has a child, and she went to prison. And um, so she's going to also answer the question, what about the children? And she's going to tell us about more commentary money how you can help prisoners. Good morning, Stephanie. How are you?
6: Good morning. Um, oh, my God. I'm going to try to compose myself. Yes, I have a child, and it's not only going to prison and having a child. It's smoking pot or eating edibles or whatever you do with pot and having a child. So your whole life you're hiding and lying and trying to protect your child, although you can't tell them that pot is bad, so you do it in front of them because it's not bad. And then you go to prison, and then while you're in prison, They put your kid in prison. So I was in prison and Max was in prison for six months of the four years that I was in prison. And it was... We weren't allowed to write to each other. I'd have to get guards to smuggle out letters to him. I wasn't allowed to take care of him because he was in prison and I was in prison. And then when he got out of prison our dogs died and he had to take care of them dying by himself they were 15 and 16 so it was like his entire life and his mom was in prison so this is really a hard subject I just can't even imagine And while I was in prison, all the other moms were there too. And they would like be in the visiting room with their kids and then they would like be carrying their kids away from them so that they could go back to prison and their kids could go with the foster people. (sighs) The whole ordeal, being a mom or a dad in prison, has to be the worst torture in the world. There can't be any other torture. It's like, unless your kid dies. Other than that, you're separated. When they, when you call them on the phone, sometimes they're in a good mood. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes a calamity has happened to them. You can't fix anything. There's nothing that you can fix when you're in prison. You can say, yes, I love you, I love you, but they need help and we're in prison and we can't help them. So, of course, even though they want to love you, they have certain things that they can't work out either because you're not there. Like, whether it's right or not right, you're not there with them. So they some build up animosities. I know mine did. And now my... Baby is going to prison for four years tomorrow.
0: Wow. For pot. Tomorrow. Tomorrow.
6: At eight thirty in the morning, they're going to take him away. Oh my goodness.
1: Definitely. I'm so and, sorry. And all
6: this is for pot. Like it's not for anything else but marijuana. I
1: know. Oh my gosh! So, so, so it's so like feeling. you're feeling like like marijuana now has affected a few generations of your family, and now that like you're a parent, you had to be a parent and watch your and have your son raised without you while you're in prison, and now your son has to go to prison and he can't raise you. Because now you're older and he's he's older And he can't be there with you now I know I'm going to be 70 in June I need him
0: Yeah
1: (sighs) Now we're going to be fighting uh, for your son What's your son's name? Max Max, that's right, Max Free Max (sighs) Is he go what is he going to state prison or federal prison?
6: State prison.
1: State prison. I better prison.
6: learn how to send those money orders, right?
1: Right. You should. You need to. You're. Gonna, we're going to practice with Richard. His his son was just on on the. You should hear. I you know. Should go I back heard
6: and, him. Oh my I god. I heard him. I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> send it today.
1: This war, Stephanie. This this is see how it affects. See how it affects. We put on a show how it affects. Grown children, that's spent their whole lives. Young children. We have Luke's daughter, Jasmine, on. this. We've heard how it affects our younger children, our mothers. You're a mother. It had to be torn from your son. Like I've been torn from my dad. Eugene's been torn from his kids. I mean, everybody on the show. We ask, what about the children? We could tell you what about the children. Because we're all children. If you ask Stacy Ty. She'll tell you we're all children of the drug war. Every last one of us, whether we we're, we're, where, where we where we stand in this war, we're all children of the drug war. And I do have
6: to say that my kid is going for the same reason everybody goes because somebody snitched on him.
1: Snitches. A lot of this, a lot of this is what you can track back down to snitches. A lot of this pain and not a lot of this stuff. And we can end this now by not snitching. We don't have to snitch on each other. We don't have to break up a family. Huh? Stephanie, well, you're, you're, you're crying and you're sad. But you know what? I know next time there's an event out there, you're going to be so tough and mighty. Like, you know, our, our people, people are, are listening
6: April 15th, 16th, and 17th, I'm going to be out there with slushies at the Nas Center at the High Times event.
1: Please come by and throw money at me. Yeah, if you throw money at Stephanie, she's going to put it on prisoner's commissary money because she knows what it's like to be in prison and not have any money when you're trying to buy a pair of shoes or soap or food. Toothpaste. You can also go to her website, her website, freedomgrow, org. You can donate money to prisoners um, that can help. You'll know, all be helping uh, the people that we're talking about. You'll be helping Stephanie Sun. You'll be helping, you know, um, Richard DeLisi. You'll be helping Luke Scarmazzo and Ricardo Luis Montes. You'll be letting them know that, that you care enough to know that they shouldn't have to work for 12 cents an hour behind bars. I want you to know so that I... my son left money for his
6: commissary. Aww. So the money I raised won't go to him because he could always spend so much, and he put that away.
1: Aww. <sighs> Aww. Steve, is there anything you want to say? To Stephanie Oh Mindy wants to talk to you Stephanie Um, She's on the back <laughs> I want to talk to Steph So, okay so I'm going to pull Mindy on the phone I don't know where you're doing this But I'm going to put Mindy on the
8: phone Mindy Hey Stephanie do you hate me hear Stephanie cry <laughs> I, I'm telling sorry me, be honest. I can't
0: keep it together
8: you don't have to keep it together. Um, after I'm done, uh, there's also another listener who just called in who um, would like to say something to you, Stephanie. But um, I just want to say that Stephanie, I've gotten to work with Stephanie on the back end of of things, and um, what she does for the prisoners is um, far outreaches what most people know and every time she gets that money gets donated to stephanie it really does go straight to the prisoners the cost of stamps any of the cost of the extra details all of that stuff comes out of her pocket and your money really goes where you think it goes and then she tracks it all and she shows it to you and there's never any question about it it's has been incredibly rewarding being able to see her go through this process. And I can't imagine that it doesn't help you heal to a certain extent for everything that has happened to you and your family to be able to help others. And so um, I, just, I really appreciate you allowing me to be part of that, Stephanie. Um, oh, thank you. I couldn't even do it without you. I'm so overwhelmed. Oh, and... Yes, you, yes, you could, but we'll we'll get it done, and we'll figure out this state J thing if it if it kills us. But we'll get it figured out. Um, but we do have a listener, Kristen, named Mary, who was hoping that she could say something to Stephanie.
1: All right,
11: um, Mary.
1: Um, good morning, Mary. Uh, this is Kristen, Floor, Eugene Fisher, Mindy Griffiths, and you are live uh, with Stephanie Landa.
11: Thank you so much, Stephanie. Hi. I just want to tell you, you are already doing the courage thing now. To The tears are an emotional part of you. You've got a right and a left brain, and you're standing up. You're doing what needs to be done. That's where the courage is. The tears part, that's when we give meaning to all the stuff out there. And the example that I want to give you is, is a man that's walked a pretty tough road. His name is Viktor Frankl. He was a neurolog- an Austrian neurologist and psychiatrist that was a Holocaust survivor. He watched his family be tortured and killed. And what he found in there, and we all have, we're all in some kind of prison camp in a way in our own minds. It's the meaning that we give the things around us. And we give it a lot of meaning, and that's where our emotional pain body comes from. And what Viktor Frankl did... As he was counseling people um in these uh, under these deplorable conditions, again watching his own family die, as he said that the only thing that really constitutes freedom is our attitude. They can take everything away, they can take our liberties, our ability to move about the- ca- uh, the cabin, your ability to physically hold your son in your arms what no one can take away you can give but no one can take away is your attitude about that you have a strength in you that's the reason why you're still standing right now and you chose to call up you could be curled up in a bed and with the lights off underneath the covers not talking but no that's not you you're standing up saying bringing attention to something that needs attention that is you being a Viktor Frankl in your own way it's the attitude so take that attitude and what he would do is he would give away his last piece of bread to someone who was hungry. He would say, my attitude is that of gratitude. And he would talk about when you, you're you given a, a – bucket of dirty water with a fish head in it for everyone in your, I'm going to call it a cell, that that's the only thing you get to eat and drink, he would. He noticed that the people that could find beauty in that, whether it be the different colors on the surface of the water, the bubbles coming up from the fish head, those that could find beauty could find an attitude to get through anything. What's happening now in your family in your community and in your world, which is my community and world too. You and I are very much connected. We don't have to know each other. What's happening is that we are being asked to step up and to find a vibration in all this shit something that can help elevate us and others above it because i'm telling you that there are good things out there too we're just in the middle of the crap and we don't see it right now so please know the higher part of you know how courageous you are how what you're doing is on meaning is on purpose and girl that is your fuel source that meaning stick to it keep on talking and when the tears come let them come eventually they'll come less frequently and you'll become more and more empowered but you're already there, and that's what I wanted to say. You glow, girl. Oh. thank you. I know. Uh-uh.
6: <laughs> no, and I thank know you, that. And I know the attitude that my kid has is gonna. He's gonna make it through federal, through state prison, and people there are gonna get changed, just like they were changed when I was in prison. Like everything's gonna be all right. I just fucking hate it. I mean, <laughs> he just. Didn't do a crime, and I don't think he should do the time. No, he probably shouldn't. My, but definitely, I am
11: strong. You know, bring it on!
6: I always tell them, "Bring it." Feel the way on. you feel I right now.
11: Take a moment and reflect, and go right inside your heart cavity and feel the difference in strength that you feel within yourself at this moment and how different it felt from, let's say, one minute ago. That's what these famous tennis stars do. They actually stand up. They they reach their arm, just one arm, straight up, and they grab it down, really, and they say, yes! It's like they're anchoring their strength. They're anchoring it as a well that they can... Pull from it any moment because, darling, if you're in this fight, you're going to have lots of these times, and you can have a well that will support you and those around you during it. It's what you're doing right now. So anchor that in. Hold it. And it's okay physically. Reach your arm up, grab that and say, yes, that's pulling it down and holding it for you. You can do this. We can do this. United we stand, divided not so much. So be Uh united within yourself, your higher self and include others in that circle. Every one of us that shows another one, how to do this, we are amassing an army to change the world for kindness and compassion. It's still out there. If you've ever seen the never ending story, it's a child story. I'm watching it play out right now. There is kindness, compassion, humility, generosity, and empathy out there right now. It's, maybe not as bright as it was at times, but people like you and I and those listening, we can feed that and we can care for that with our divine nature until it can shine brightly over all the kingdoms. Not a religious song, it is just sense.
1: (laughs) All right, thank you, Mary. You're welcome. um, Thank you, thank you, Mary. I want to I wanna thank you especially for calling in and cheering up this sad time that we were having. That was <laughs> amazing and very thoughtful of you.
8: A it's Daphne a ship. inspired
1: yeah. Me. And Stephanie's not crying no more. So. And I'm not <laughs> no, crying. she's not.
11: I feel her standing up straight.
1: For sure, for sure. Well, thank you, okay, Mary. Okay,
11: I'll give room for others there. to talk. Thank you for so much.
1: Okay, bye.
6: Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, okay, Stephanie, well, that you was very you- interesting.
1: Very sweet of her to to think about yes. think about us and call in. Um Stephanie Okay, well Tom I feel Corby better. On. I <laughs> that was beautiful. We got Tom Corby on and we've got a um we've got to close out the show after that. But Stephanie, what Okay. how can people
6: reach you? Um, my phone number is eight one eight six five two seven eight nine one. No one ever oh. calls me. I always give out my number, but no one ever calls. But all right. And my <laughs> And freedomgrow.
1: dot org. Okay, cool. Eugene, is Here's there anything else? Friend. Eugene, are you still there? Yeah.
0: Um, oh.
1: No, okay. I.
2: I'm just overwhelmed with Stephanie's sorrow right now, and I understand and feel it. Um, it's Thank our you. program, you know. Stephanie today is dedicated to the children, and and what happens, and I said also about the parents. And it's obvious you as a parent are experiencing, experiencing um, another incarceration. It isn't yours. It's your son's. And uh, we all feel it. So yes, just know
6: that. Well, all right. Well, thank oh,
8: you, Stephanie. <laughs> okay. I'll you.
6: talk to you next week.
8: All right. I love you.
6: I love you, too. Okay. Obviously, I'll the whole step. world
1: loves you, too. Bye. Bye, June. Bye-bye, June. bye so this is Stephanie Landa, um, one of our heroes that we all look up to. Um, we're going to now go to Tom Corby, who is a chapter leader for the Human Solution in Northern California. Tom always gets court support, and he does so much outreach um, for the prisoners and there's court support for the defendants. We're going to find out the latest news in Northern California. And then we're going to go to close. And during our close, we're going to do some rest in pieces for some of our prisoners. You don't want to miss it. It's Sunday, and we got to give, um, give, a, give, give a little um, thoughts to the people that can't be here in this war anymore because they've died in this war. So next is Tom Corby, and here's Tom. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing?
10: Top of the day, all. I want to thank CCHI for sponsoring this show. Uh, if you haven't... Sign the petition to re-legalize cannabis in California. Please sign, and don't forget to vote. Also, all the folks on the front line today uh, to help us in Prohibition. Uh, When we talk about court support, we talk about defendants. I cannot imagine the time I spent in jail having lost my kids, too. This is double jeopardy and twice the battle when you lose your kids, like the Benos, uh, Trevor Elkhorn, up in Shasta County. Uh, It's uh, unacceptable that CPS, like game wardens, uh, do not need uh, a warrant. They have way too much power, and this must stop. When you lose your kids, it disrupts entire families, uh, I just can't imagine. So we come harder when their kids are involved. Uh, this week uh, on the calendar for court support, again, is Shelby Lucero, the farmer's daughter, and Gus Ann. Uh If you know about their case going on four years now, uh, busted their beautiful dispensary and health spa down in Sacramento. Uh, cannon in their front yards with Gestapo I'm trying to say they had 87 pounds and they inflated it and they only had 9 pounds they're going they
1: to, 9 pounds uh, and
10: 87 uh, how's
1: that I said they turned 9 pounds into 87
10: uh I just I couldn't quite, quite get that. I was just gonna. Uh, anyway, she's going. She going on to her thirty-three preliminary hearing. What's that say? Poor years. Uh, work, uh and w- again, what a waste of time and taxpayers' money. And again, it disrupts lives and families. And when it disrupts lives and family, we all have kids. When we got busted. How it affects all our kids and all our families. <laughs> so uh Shelby's up uh this friday uh uh march eighteenth uh in and uh, at nine a m that's number uh that's seven twenty street in sacramento california superior court uh, we always point out how local fifty mile radius applies to all court supporters It's always important to come to bear witness and support our defendants um uh, so, uh, I'm going to try to cut to the chase today. Uh, I do want to wish Stacy Dice a happy birthday tomorrow. Uh, and I think she's got the cannabis bus down there in Arizona, getting the way to go. I'm looking forward to taking a ride, trip around the bay again on the cannabis. and uh, So, uh, I won't bite a day by going uh, selling, uh that Freedom Grow, uh, go to our website, Help to Be the Solution to End Prohibition at PM at POW 420s, and now let freedomgrow.org come stand your ground, come in unity, help us to end prohibition, the failed drug war. I want to thank you all today, uh, and don't forget to breathe.
1: Thank you, Tom Corby. Uh, that was Tom Corby um, calling from Northern California, and he is a Human Solution Chapter Leader, and he gives us all the news. In fact, I think it was cool he shared the news that tomorrow, Stacey Tyson's birthday, got the cannabis going. I've been on Stacey Tyson's wall, and I've noticed that she's got the bus going, yes. I've seen videos of it, and I saw her driving it and, like, she was all lit up and happy and excited about it. So, um Stacey Tice is is um hopefully we'll have her on their show soon to talk to us about the bus the bus and what she's doing with it and where it's headed. But um in the meantime, we are going to ask everybody right now to help us in prohibition for the children. Um and we're about to go into our closing, but Eugene first, is there anything you'd like to say to the listeners?
0: No,
2: no. Uh, as usual, the program had its ups and downs and its emotions, and the message is clear. Christian, I'd just like to relate one last story. When my my mother came to visit me, she became an old lady, as I was in prison, and you got to understand, picture this old lady coming in in her 90s, finally. And her question was, throughout my 25 years, what are all these children doing in the visiting room? And I used to say, Christian, to my mother, they've come to see their fathers, and she'd say, oh, my God. That's all she'd say. Wow. There's nothing nothing quite quite like seeing a, a father holding... An infant child that might be his child or his grandchild in his arms while he's in the visiting room, and knowing that they're separated, they can't be together, and nothing, nothing for the. I remember over and over seeing my grandchildren who were born while I was in prison leave the prison room, and they'd look over their shoulders, seeing their grandfather was still there, and they'd ask their mother or father, why, why couldn't I come? They'd try to explain to him because that's the way it was, so yeah, incarceration is for the whole family, and America's leaders should understand this. America's people should understand this, there should be a shouting of the injustice that's going on, and fifty percent of our prisoners, the greatest prison number number of prisoners in the world, christian. We have more people in prison than any other nation on a regular basis and on a percentage basis of population. We have more people, two and a half million people in prison. And half of those prisoners are drug prisoners, and half of those drug prisoners are marijuana prisoners. Marijuana prisoners, while we're legalizing it all over the country, they're still languishing in prison. Something's dramatically wrong. Not the sure. issues the politicians are bringing up, but that issue, that issue alone, should be a pri- priority issue. Think of all the money and resources we spend for for no good reason.
1: Well, Eugene, you know, my thing is, too, we talk about the parents, we talk about the children. What about the grandchildren? I mean, you know me on a personal level, you know what I go through with with my son and um, how the wars affected my son and how the wars affected my daughter. I mean, my, my dad was like their dad. Um, they, their dad left him when, you know, to the drug war, their their dad got addicted to drugs and I didn't want to be with him no more. So my dad stepped in and my dad was the best dad in the world to my kids. He was he was like Santa Claus and to so what they did to him and take my, my mom away. And we say, what about the kids? What about the parents? What about all the generations over and over that this drug war is yeah. ruining? You know, we don't need to see another generation be ruined by the, by this war. We just want to end it now.
0: Christian,
2: the question that people are saying today is, why is, it, why is the population so angry in America and supporting these radical politicians? Well, the answer is maybe simple. Because we're doing things like these, this, this drug war, which make no sense and just a, an attack on our own people. Yeah, that's why, sure. where the anger comes. From. I don't think yeah. one child or one grandchild, Christian, of anyone who's been in, in, improperly incarcerated for long periods of time for marijuana. I don't think one one child or grandchild, or parent for that matter, can ever get past the fact that they know something's dramatically wrong. There's an anger. There's an anger that's deep-seated for what the government has done and is doing. Yeah, That's the truth.
1: With that said, we're about to say goodbye um, to the listeners. First, we want to thank CCHI 2016 for letting us be here, and we want to encourage you to listen to more, read more about what's going on in the news um, from the front lines of the prisons and with the defendants by reading the Northwest Leaf magazine, the Cannabis, uh the Vegas CannaMag, mag or the Oregon Leaf magazine and you'll find you can get them online. Um they're available online. You can flip through the pages to get to the um to the news from the front lines where not just the voice of the cannabis war but some human solution members write for it. We have a whole team of people that write to get the the news out there. So check it out um also help us in the war, you know. Um if you want to email us you can email us at voices of the cannabis war dot at gmail dot com and help us in the war for help us fight for our prisoners. Also you can help us in the war by voting not guilty if you're ever called a jury duty. Just know that if you're your judge to ju- your job to judge not only if the law has been broken, but actually judge that law and if it's a bad law you can refuse to convict. And also not snitching. You know, a lot of these families wouldn't be broken up if it wasn't for the snitches. And so that, with that said, um, we want to thank you for listening. Help us in prohibition this Sunday, and we want to say goodbye. And we want to leave a memory thought for you guys about the about the people that passed away, like my father, Richard Floor, who I had to take off life support while he was still. We, they call it shackled to the bed, but I call it chained to the bed. I don't know what what how you want to call it. That's how he died. He he died without his freedom uh, for a plant nonviolent crime and the drug war we also want to say rest in peace to Gary Shepard uh, we've talked about Stacey Tice a few times but Gary was Stacy's uncle and Stacy drives that bus around because 21 years ago the federal government raided uh, Mary Jane Jones in Gary Shepard's home while Mary Jane Jones held her son and Gary's arms were up in the air the federal government shot them both down Gary died after 21 bullet bullet gun shots hit him and Mary Jane Jones a whole bunch of gunshots hit her, too, but she survived, and she just passed away a few months ago. Um, so we want to say rest in peace to both of them. We also want to say rest in peace to Jack Hare, who educated us about our plant. So I'm going to urge you to please go get the book, Emperor Wears No Clothes, and read it now. It will tell you all about the conspiracy. We also want to say rest in peace to Pity McWilliams, who helped me personally after my dad died through a book uh, about death and how to survive death. Um, he died for our plant as well. So check him out. And he went to prison for our plant. We also want to say rest in peace to Bill Lamorte, LaMorte, who passed away on the 4th of July with Eugene. while Eugene was friends with him. He was serving a life sentence for 20 years, and he'd been in prison for 20 years. He died of a major heart attack in the prison yard. Um, So he's a silent hero that we don't ever want to forget about. We also want to say rest in peace to Larry Harvey, who fought in D.C. to change laws while his whole family was facing... Facing uh, prosecution and also mm-hmm. D Young giving Adam Curtis Cecil, whose father risked going on lockdown every week just to call into our show. Um, nobody should ever have to lose a child in the middle of this war, and that's just a whole a whole another subject we didn't really get too much into. But rest in peace, Curtis Cecil, especially today. And here's two little children that we want to say rest in peace to Spencer Coptis and Cashy Hyde. They were children who are using the plant to fight their brain tumors. Well, when their caregivers got raided, their parents didn't have access to the medicine and their tumors grew and killed them. Rest in peace, little children. We love you. Also to Bernardo fumo Martinez, is just a really good friend of mine who is trying to help in the war through videos. Like he believed that the war should not just be in the United States, should be ended, but all around the whole world. So he's trying to show the world what they were doing to our prisoners in the United States by making videos about jury nullification and prisoners and stuff like that. And Elaine Salmons is a new a new one we want to say rest in peace to. She was an ONAC tribe member, and the government kept her medicine. The post office seized it, and they kept it, and they wouldn't give it back to her. Um, it was being mailed to her. And in the meantime, her symptoms got out of control, and she ended up dying in the middle of the war. Rest in peace, Elaine. Uh, rest in peace, just, this just happened a few months ago. And also rest in peace to Oscar, who is Gene and Georgie's friend, um, who they say he went to FCI in the sky. Please help us in prohibition, because nobody else has to die for a plant. Thank you for listening to today's show. We're going to leave you with this song. It's called No More War by Kushites, And we like it. I like it. Um, so check it out.
0: so to I don't know why you brought us to war. Can't figure out. Why? JP, why don't you think so yeah, think so I don't know
9: why. Why is so many die and live they day too short? Life be like hit a raid days, man. It ain't a sport. Got these evil politicians contorting the truth, and these wicked ass witches abhorrent to you to tell you the truth, man. Can't hack this. I'm losing my patience like a damn malpractice. 2012 and they still manifesting destiny with military industry complex style weaponry, depriving heads of righteous men while sipping on their Hennessy. CIA means coke in America. Apparently, it's been a narco plutocracy since the 70s. Corporations profiteering, domineering everything. Radio press, news in the media. You better learn to discern from the bullshit that they're feeding you, like GMOs from Monsanto. Ringing alarm. Family farm, so man can't grow.
0: Everywhere I go, I don't know why. Everywhere I go, I can't figure out everywhere I go.
9: Demon drag He went wage war upon the next man and failed to wage war upon himself The spiritual warfare Give
0: Forgive
9: them father for they do not know Now when I say no more you say war no more no more Hey yo we've had questions but they blacked animals Time for peaceful revolution, like the Black Panthers, Cause we got solutions, yup, to answer to cancer. But they still got it up on schedule one. Why? Cause they making funds off of federal runs. Telling American guns for drugs and Mexican slums. The abasters the furious. Killing off our children. Time to make a standard demand, the mass why you
0: to
9: War, while they kids' education is ruined more, funds spent for spy killing drones, while CNN and Patriot commercials breed human drones from home, recording scripted terrorist training in places you can't visit, so the real plan of extinction, you don't get it, the country surrounding Israel, the Holy Land is now being in W O committed, the war is to so the mind the actions is how they get it, or should I take the they say it's oil But it's deeper than that It's just more smoke to the mirror So I radiate more hope clearer Shed tears with my peers The judgment day gets nearer So I exercise it's mightier than the sword Use the pen to paint the lines with a conscious mind the world can explore So maybe you can find out why us to war Some of the most powerful things the thought that have made
0: us to men Some of the most cowardly shit That's you ever known to
9: Respect, loyalty Honor, love, has all disappeared
0: and been replaced with gunshots, body bags, and
9: cannibalism amongst our peers. You should we murder our disagreements and we shake hands with our enemies. We shake hands with our enemies and murder our disagreements. and put kind of like some sort of achievement. Being a man is our face. Some of the people you shot, out how good you can fight. Being a man is one who's able to feed his family when times are tight. We are in a recession, suffering with depression. So lower your Bibles and load your weapons. How many times must we pray before we start losing our blessings? How many loved ones must we lose before we call ourselves a lesson? Reach one, one. Each one teach one
0: empower